הר אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שתורנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש משבר ארץ המה. ובבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למה נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגם את שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו והכל יסכן אמן. שברוך השם that we find in the manuscripts at the end of Likuta Moran. Continuing with the manuscripts, I think we have um, two or three more days, Bezrat Hashem. So let's start with the Torah. Let's start with the manuscript which, teach, which begins with the words, the, the, this is applicable, this manuscript is applicable to the lesson which Rabbeinu taught in Likuta Moran, in Nikutem Oran, lesson 172, over there, this manuscript is applicable to that lesson. Okay. I heard from one of Rabenu's holy students, that I heard from his, from directly from his holy mouth, with a little bit of a greater explanation on that lesson, lesson 172. The idea is that a person needs to nullify each and every single evil trait until he nullifies everything completely. Until literally it's nothing, it's for naught. Because at the beginning you need to nullify that trait until it literally becomes absolutely nothing, literally. And afterwards you subdue another trait. Until after that trait also becomes nothing. Until also that trait becomes nothing. And uh, And so too you need to do this to every single evil trait until literally they become nothing. And according to how much you nullify each and every evil trait, this will determine how much um, the glory of Hashem will illuminate and reveal itself to you. Because the essence of light is God's honor. As it says in the verse, And the earth was illuminated from His glory. Ach. However, so we see that the, what, what's the essential illumination? Light comes from the Kabbalah of Hashem. And how do you reveal the Kabbalah of Hashem? When you nullify those evil traits. So the more you nullify your, of the evil, the more you're able to reveal God's glory. However, if you try to make something that's physical stand before something a little bit more spiritual, it creates a shadow. For example, the sun, if you try to put a tree in the sun, which blocks the light of the sun from reaching the ground, that tree will create a shadow. Um, and according to how big that or corporeal that or material materialistic that thing that that is which stands before that spiritual matter this will determine how big the shadow is clearly um, for example if you try to make a stick stand um, or Try to block the light of the sun. It's going to create a small shadow because that's the, the side of that stick. But if you make something even greater, even bigger than a stick, 
block the light of the sun, it's going to create an even bigger shadow. And the greater the, the house, the greater the shadow creates. And what's this shadow? This shadow symbolizes the concealment and the the hiddenness of God's light, as is known. And therefore, according to how much a person is entrenched and sunken into this evil trait and desire, this actually determines how big of a shadow you create um, vis-à-vis the light of God's glory. So too, you will literally conceal God's light from you. But when you nullify these evil traits and these desires, according to how much you nullify them, this is how much you nullify the shadow. And this will determine how much you are able to reveal God's glory. Until you merit to completely nullify the shade entirely. Until literally nothing, everything is for absolutely nothing and zero and it becomes each and every evil trait becomes nothing the shade becomes nothing and then God's glory will be revealed throughout the entire earth because there's not one thing that could stand and conceal the light of Hashem that it should create a shade God forbid that God's glory fills up the entire earth how? whenever you nullify your evil traits and through this and and through this you reveal God's glory throughout the entire earth because there's not a thing that can conceal the, the light of His glory and create a shade next to it. Baruch Hashem, that's for this lesson. We continue with some of the other ones. This is applicable to that which Rabbeinu said about what it said in the verse. I will make known your faith in my mouth. What did that mean? That the essential, um, that, that the primary aspect of faith is dependent upon the mouth of a person as it's brought down. Um, and let's hop directly into the next piece of the manuscript. Let's see what this means. Behold, let's see what I found from the manuscript of the, the students of Rabbeinu with a, a greater and a more expanded explan, explanation. This is what it says. Now this will be an explanation why the primary aspect of faith depends upon the mouth of someone. On a person's mouth. Let's see what Rabbeinu says. When a person is befallen with um, many doubts about the emunah of Hashem about the faith in God, when a person is overcome with doubt by uh, with God, uh, doubt and God and faith in God, you shall say with a complete full mouth. What does that mean? You shall say with a complete uh, mouth, meaning with complete conviction. Quote end quote. I believe with complete faith that God is Yahid, He's one. Yahid, He's one. Rishon, He's the first. and He's the last. This a person should say whenever he's overcome with doubts of uh, when he's overcome with doubts and faith in God. because it's known it's known that the evil inclination is drawn from those fallen those fallen severities. And there are holy judgments, holy gvurot, holy strength 
severities, which sweeten the severities of the evil side. And what is speech? Speech represents the holy severities. Speech represents holy gvurah. You shall speak of his strength. And of your and of your strength, they shall speak. So what is speech? It's the aspect of strength. Therefore, when you say, I believe that God, with complete faith, that God is the, He's one, He's the first, and He's the last. What He's basically doing is He's manifesting this holy With this, He sweetens the, the doubt, which come from what? The gvura of the evil side. A person should always incite the good inclination over the evil one. What does that mean? Meaning that what? With holy gvura, you're able to sweeten evil gvura. Or the gvura that comes from the evil side. And this is what it says in the one who wants to not be bad tempered, one who wants to get rid of his his t- bad temper. You shall speak with pleasantness. That we see that when a person speaks with pleasantness, it's not so cruel or bad tempered. And this, what does silence do? Silence paralyzes uh, bad temper. But speaking with a fit mane, with a complete mouth, what is that? It's a temper which is in the aspect of strength. But it's in a holy one that you're able to combat the e- the strength of the evil side with the strength with the strength that comes from holiness. When you say "Ani ma'amin rishon when you say this, you're able to um, combat that doubt which you um, which you have fallen into. This is a manuscript from the students of Rabbeinu, which is applicable to lesson two sixty three in volume one of the Kutumoran. There's two types of um, There's two types of eating with bamut, with like animalistic behavior. There's the first one. What? What's the first one? First type of animalistic eating. There's a person who eats with such great desire that he's like an animal, but the food is in itself in the category of man, meaning that the sparks are lifted. To the category of man. Meaning, what that a person eats like a man in the second scenario, but the food in itself is not purified and rectified, that the sparks haven't been completely elevated to the point where it's fitting for a man to eat. Meaning, it's the sparks are only at the level of the animalistic kingdom. And one who eats from these two types of food. Or these two types of people who eat, whether it's the first one who eats like an animal or the second one who, who eats like a man, but the food is in the aspect of, or category of animal, what happens? He falls into fever if he, if in both of those scenarios. And this is what it says. You cause humans to ride over us, it says. What does that mean? What did that mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's an entire verse we're looking at. You caused humans to ride over us and we've gone through fire and water. What did that mean? What does that mean you caused humans to ride over us? Meaning that what? This pasuk is referring to a person when he is in a small level. That the geder of Adam is above him because he's in the animal aspect. Meaning he eats like an animal. That he himself is the animal. 
And why is that in the category? Why is he in the phone? Why is he in the category of animal? Because either he eats like an animal or the food that he's eating is not purified to the animal aspect, so he descends into that level. And then what happens? Um, if a person goes to this, if a person's in one of those two scenarios that we mentioned above, that he goes through fire and water, what is that? Cool and heat, uh, coldness and heat, which represents fever. And even the doctors say the same thing. That Fever comes from eating too much. And this is in physicality. And in spirituality, the same is true of this. Because when a person is in the aspect of that consciousness, then he has love and holy, he has holy fear and holy love. Because what's that? It's a combination of which is fear and love. And when a person falls from that consciousness, then he falls into this fallen fear and fallen love. And therefore, when a person eats from one of those two um, one of those two types of food we mentioned above, either he is in the category of man, or the food is in the cat. Um, so, sorry, either he is in the category of animal, or, or the food is in the category of animal. What happens? Then he falls from the concept of that because the advantage of a man over an animal is Ayn. What's Ayn? Nothingness. Meaning what? Nothingness represents consciousness. As it says, Chokhmah will be found from what? Ayn. Nothingness. Meaning Chokhmah is the source of Chokhmah is within Ayn. The source of that is within Ayn. And therefore, whenever you fall into the category of animal, then what? That you've fallen from your dad. Therefore, when you eat from these types of food, you're in the category of animal. And you fall from the concept of that. And you fall into what we call fallen fears and fallen loves. And this is what it says in the verse. You cause humans to ride over us. Meaning that which we said above. And what happens as a result of that? When you fall into one of those two categories um, of those types of eating scenarios, then what happens? You go through fire and water, which is what? Which is fallen fear and fallen love. We know um, water is love and the fear is fire. So, <clears throat> we see this idea with regard to the fever, fever Rabban was talking about. Um, we see there's a manuscript applicable to the lesson um, in the Kutem Morantinyana, lesson 46, um, that it says Kushia, the word Kushia, which means difficult, difficulty or question uh, in Aramaic, is the acronym of this phrase, Shema Hashem Kol Listen, O oh God, to my voice when I call out. Shema Hashem Kol Yekha, Rashetevot Kushia. Okay. Kodem Tevat. Le'al kol panim Hashem Yitbar Shomea Kolosh Ezei Yishuato. I don't know what that's saying here. Um, I think it says, that the change of language that is missing over there, 
So basically, I don't know what's happening here. Um, I don't know what it's saying, but what I got from that is basically, nonetheless, Hashem still listen to the voice, still listen to your voice, and this is the salvation. Okay, let's see. The main thing is this. The scream within a person's heart in itself is the aspect of faith. Because even though you are overcome with heresies, great heresies and questions about God within your heart, nonetheless, with all that being said, nonetheless, even though you're with all of those heresies, um, keeping in mind all those heresies that you're overcome with and you're challenged with, Nonetheless, just by screaming within your heart, it's certain that you still have a peace within you and a holy spark of, of faith. Because if, God forbid, you did not have a single point of that holy faith at all, you will not scream at all. We find that says that the scream in itself within your heart is in itself faith. Understand this, Chabenu says. Also through screaming, you're also able to merit faith. Meaning that the screaming itself is faith. As we said above, it's just that the faith is in a very small place. But it's still considered faith. And through the screaming itself, you're able to merit faith. Meaning that what you're able to elevate and to greaten that faith within you until all those questions leave you. Even if you do not merit this yet, nonetheless, the screaming itself is very good. We continue. I found in um, in the book Likud Moran an idea Shenonit Pasadam which has not been printed yet. And this is what it says. In every single generation there are new sicknesses that arise. Uh, May God spare us. It says in the verse when you increase that consciousness you increase pain. Meaning why? Because every single generation that comes later and later, the dat, the consciousness of the, or the knowledge of the, the philosophers are growing. Because every single generation, these new philosophers rise upon new ideas. And through this, we increase the pain, meaning what? The new sicknesses arise. God forbid. Hashem may God spare us. Hashem, uh, this is applicable to the Torah. Um, <clears throat> which uh, begins Siman Yudalit in lesson 14. Um, which speaks of, uh, which starts with the verse Tiku. I believe. Like I said, it says over there. Lesson 14. What it says over there in section 4. Al about what the Chachamim say in the, in the Gemara. Why is it that Talmidei Chachamim do not have children who are Talmidei Chachamim? Because they do not bless on the Torah before they studied it. What does that mean? I heard from Rabbanu even more about this idea. That the birthing that a, per, that a woman is later gives birth to that child, but that essential 
that initial um, conception at the beginning when the woman and the man are together is according to the foods that they eat before they have that relation. Each and every person needs to sanctify and to bless the beginning. Meaning that which comes before the birthing. Which is what? Meaning the eating and all the, the prior engagements that happen right before you're in relations with your wife. Until you're able to draw down that that whole that new um, that new uh, birthing that new birth um, in holiness and in proper purity. And this is what it says: that the Chachamim did not bless on the Torah in the beginning. Meaning that they did what? That they did not bless and they did not sanctify with the holiness of the Torah. What? The beginning. Meaning that the beginning that they were doing before they were with their wives was not properly sanctified. Because they, um, this is what we're talking about. The beginning before the actual conception. Meaning what? That a person needs to bless and to sanctify the beginning of the, the birth um, with the Torah. And then after, if you ensure assure this, sorry, if you ensure that you do this properly, that uh, your children will, your son will be a tamid chacham. And uh, the last uh, piece of the manuscript for today, I'm hopping back a little bit. This I found from the manuscript of Rabenu himself. With regard to the idea, what it says, and he built for himself a house in lesson 266 in This is the manuscript of Nal When the world blemishes in the mitzvah of Sukkah, when you do not fulfill the mitzvah of Sukkah properly, you cause death. Or sicknesses to these to animals, to other live animals. Everything is according to the blemish that you do in the mitzvah of sukkah. Because this is the essential difference between humans and between animals. Because the sustenance of a human, when a baby is nourishing itself off the the breast of the mother, the the nourishment it gets is right above the heart because the breast is placed opposite the heart. That God created breasts on Chava in the place of her heart, opposite her heart. Um, um, I do not know what that acronym is. I always see it, but I don't know. Um, um, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but this is not the same thing. This is not. We do not say the same thing about those wild those animals. Why? Because the animals receive their sustenance from the place in uh, of the genitals of the animal, meaning that they suck their nourishment from the and the nourishment comes directly opposite the genitals. And what's the mitzvah sukkah? Sukkah is the aspect of what we call the mother, the the ima. And what's the ima? The mother. It's the bina, it's the concept of bina which covers over her children. And we nourish itself off of the mother. 
And with this mitzvah of sukkah, we separate ourselves from the shefa, from the abundance of these animals. And therefore, what happens? When we blemish in the mitzvah of sukkah, then we lower ourselves from the level of man. And what's the level of man? Where we nourish ourselves off the concept of bina, the heart. But we lower ourselves into the concept of animal. And where do we nourish ourselves? Where do the animals nourish themselves? Of the erva. And therefore, when we lower ourselves, when we blemish in the mitzvah sukkah, through this, we do not allow the shefa of the animals to be brought down to the animals um, so that they should receive it. And we descend ourselves. Meaning that now humans, we do not receive our shefa from the place of the bina, the heart. Now we descend down to the levels of these animals. And we push these animals away from their shefa. Because we're drinking from it now. Because we're taking their shefa. Therefore these animals die or they fall into sicknesses. Everything is according to how much shefa we take from them, whether it's a lot or a little. And this is what it says. And for his flock, he created Sukkot. Because the Sukkot, the, the Sukkot are the, the life and the sustenance for these animals. So that they shall stay on their levels, as we said above. Meaning when we do the mitzvah Sukkot properly, we stay at our level and we leave the animals to nourish themselves off their level. Um, and therefore when people sit in the sukkah properly and they fulfill the mitzvah sukkah properly what we essentially do is we stay, remain on our level and we, Torah. and we remain in the aspect of the Torah because the Torah is what we call do not forsake the Torah of your mother the Torah comes from the mother and what's the mother? it's the aspect of the bina the heart which is where we receive our sustenance from and what does it say about the mother? you shall call the mother bina this is why next to the Chag of Sukkot we celebrate Simchat Torah. And if you take the word Sivan, the Yaakov traveled to Sukkot and he built. The first letters of that phrase, you have Sivan. Um, yes, because in Sivan we were given the Torah and we are on the level of the Torah through the mitzvah of Sukkah. This is why Sivan is hinted with this concept of Sukkot, as you see in this verse. And Sivan is when we receive the Torah because through the mitzvah of Sukkah we retain the Torah and that um, we remain at the level of the Torah where we nourish ourselves by the heart. Da, and no, Rabbanu Ad, mitzvah Sukkah that fulfilling the mitzvah sukkah properly, you're able to engage in construction. And it did not damage a person's money. Because the Chachamim say, that one who engages in the construction becomes poor. The reason for this, because what's the idea of poverty to construction? The reason is like this, that one who builds a house needs to build with wisdom. It says you shall build the house with wisdom. So a house, construction needs to be built. Or construction, the job of construction needs to be done with wisdom. And certain that one who builds with wisdom should not 
will not become poor. On the contrary, he should actually become wealthy. And he shall fulfill with wisdom. He shall build his house. And what does it say at the end of the verse? The rooms will be filled with that. But one who does not build with wisdom, they punish him with poverty. And with this, his wisdom is despised. As it says, the poor man's wisdom is despised. It's literally measure for measure. And therefore, through the mitzvah of sukkah, you're able to be at the level of the Torah that we said about the Torah. And the Torah is the source of all wisdoms. Because of this, it's permissible for you to build and to engage in construction. Because it's certain that you have wisdom. What's the sign for all of these things? It says in the verse, Yaakov traveled to Sukkot and he built, meaning what? Meaning through the mitzvah of Sukkah, he was now able to build. Now that, you're, now that you did mitzvah of the Sukkah properly, you're able to build. Um, if you take the Rashi Tevot, the acronym of for him a house, you have the word Lamed Bet. What's Lamed? You have Lamed Bet. Lamed and Bet 32. And what's 32? It's the word Lev. Lev Zotoral. And the heart is the Torah. Bet, Bait Mi Breshit. The Bet Mi Breshit. The letter Bet in the word Breshit. Mechulad, we say, etc., etc. Okay. Baruch Hashem. That's it for today. And God willing, I believe um, we have two more days of the manuscripts and Bechat Hashem. We finish all of the Kutaboran. Um, and maybe continue to finish and to restart again and again and again until we apply all the lessons properly. Is Rat Hashem.